All right. We don't have the post-Thanksgiving slump. We're actually moving this morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Nate is moving. It's going to be a great show. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. We'll at least have fun. That's right. That's right. Well, welcome, welcome, everybody, to another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show. Once again, I'm Laura Musica, your host, your co-host, at least. I can't steal the entire host title. Sorry about that, Nate. President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And it is such a great joy for us to be with you today, each and every Friday, as we talk about what's going on in the pro-life world and how can we continue to be changing hearts and minds on this most important issue of our times, the cause of life. That's right. Prayer, news, stories, a special interview, another tip, prayer, devotional. It's all right here, folks. Uh, just as a reminder, this show is available every Friday morning live at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on Facebook Live, as well as YouTube, as well as wherever you listen to podcasts. You can just listen to us. You don't have to look at us or you can come here and look at us and listen to us. Basically, whatever you like to do. So. Uh, I personally love to multitask once in a while. I love to go walk the dogs, put on a good podcast, and uh, we'll put some pep in your step for sure, right? <laughs> you won't get That's to see right. Nate dance, which is always a treat. So you have to consider at least watching us now and then. You just never know. Um, I feel really bad. You know, I've been thinking about the holiday season, Nate, and I realized I, I didn't have any fancy costumes ahead of Halloween. I missed an opportunity there with where Halloween fell on the calendar we did at least have a Thanksgiving discussion. So question is, how was your Thanksgiving, Nate? How how was the Thanksgiving um, mac and cheese that you make every year, you know, reminiscent of obviously what the pilgrims brought to their Thanksgiving. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> it's hilarious that Lauren always points out that the pilgrims probably did not have macaroni and cheese. But, you know, that's okay. We have advanced far from the pilgrims' time. We had a great Thanksgiving. We we actually went up to St. Augustine as a family and um, spent a few days up there. It was great. We were able to see um, several of the sites there and had a great time as a family and cooked Thanksgiving dinner there. It was it was different for us because we cooked smaller portions so that we didn't have leftovers because we were coming home the next day. Um, but it was a great time. We had a, a really great time. That's awesome. Um we drove down to Houston to spend time with family. We had about 24 to 48 hours because uh, my husband had to work actually on Thanksgiving Friday. Is that what they call it now? Do you call it Black Friday still? I don't know. Anyways, the I Friday. Don't know. After it's so funny to me that they're they're doing Black Friday sales like all month of November now, it seems. So I'm like, well, wait, what happened to Black Friday? I guess it doesn't really exist. You know, what's so funny is one of my favorite stores. They started their Black Friday sale early. But then when Black Friday actually hit, they they took another 10% off. And there was like wailing and gnashing of teeth. All these women were so upset at this jewelry store because they, you know, got 30% off on maybe the Monday before Thanksgiving, but it was 40% off on Black Friday. And so it just cracks me up like, you know, America, right? Now, <laughs> uh -huh. let's be fair. I kind of looked around at the store and thought, I am so glad I didn't buy anything on Monday and I'm browsing on Friday. <laughs> so practically, it's very fair. 
But anyways, that, that's a really funny way for them to capitalize on sales early and capitalize on sales on the day of. So. Yeah, you got to be careful. So there was a lot of uh, uh, upset customers on the Internet on Friday. So, <laughs> well, so Americans, if, if Americans know to, one thing that they do really well, they complain well. So yeah. there you yeah. go. Americans were good at complaining on Black Friday. And in this economy, I understand trying to save a few extra dollars. It's very fair. So my side of the family is doing something really different for Christmas. They're going to do like a really nice white elephant gift exchange. So the limit is $125. So you don't have to buy anybody else in the family gifts. This is really fun, right? It's just $125-ish item. And I, I got mine on Cyber Monday. I'm really excited. I, I would announce it on the show. I don't know if I have family that watches the show, but I got to keep it a secret. So I'll tell you how it goes after Christmas. I at least did that. It's shopping. so funny to say very nice white elephant gift exchange, because <laughs> typically a white elephant gift exchange is um, quite corny or hilarious or, you know, interesting. Yeah, there's going to be a. Uh, some fighting in the family over this item. It's really fun and useful. I'll just leave it at that because I'm, I'm about to give it away. I'm, I'm notorious for giving hints. My husband knows this about me. It's like I tell someone about a movie and I'm like, you know, I give them like five clues and Peter's like, stop, you're almost giving away the ending. Just stop right there while you're ahead. Right? So I'm going to stop right there. It's useful and fun and people will enjoy having it and they'll probably fight over it. So we'll see. That's great. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get rolling. Before we go any further, we always start off with a word of prayer. So Nate, would you like to lead us this morning? Sounds great. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to be together again this Friday morning. We're so grateful for all that you're doing across the pro-life, pro-love um, you know, movement across America and all that you're doing to continue to open up hearts and minds to the issue of life. God, we pray that you would be with Sidewalk Advocates and those working in the pregnancy help organizations across America today. And God, that you would bless them, that you would protect them, that you would guide them, that you would use them. God, we're so grateful for all the miracles that we that we know of, and we are sure that there are many more that we don't know of. And we're just so grateful that you continue to show up when people just say yes and do what they have been called to do. God, I pray that you would um, really touch all of us today who you know, may have special prayer needs today, um, special situations going on in our family and in our in our personal situations, God, that you would continue to show us that you are the great God that you are and that you would continue to help us with all of the things that we are walking through. God, I pray that you would bless the show today, that you would bless our time together and that you would continue to, to really um, transform what America looks like on the sidewalks of abortion facilities and beyond, as we continue to show love and compassion and help to eliminate obstacles to continuing pregnancies. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nate. All right, let's go to our first segment, and that is pro-life headlines. So here's our main headline for the week. This is really good news. It, it, you know, especially coming off the heels of a vote in Ohio that we weren't excited about where, you know, basically abortion uh, until really the point of delivery was approved in Ohio. This is just good to pause and reflect on our progress. So 
49 abortion centers closed this year. Now 14 states are abortion free. An annual survey by Operation Rescue for 2022 revealed a colossal 88 abortion clinic closures. In 2023, another 49 abortion facilities closed or halted abortions for a total of 137 abortion facility closures in the last two years. So currently these 14 states are abortion restricted, meaning that they have laws in place that protect innocent human life, right? So that is, that includes Alabama, Arkansas, Idaho, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and West Virginia. And you've even got Georgia that you could maybe throw in here. They protect babies, though, at six weeks. We do see a, a, a huge, you know, group of people show up, unfortunately, still at the abortion facility in states where there is a six-week ban or a heartbeat ban of some sort. So again, that's why that, for example, Georgia is not included in this list, but it's at least great progress. In 2023, 49 abortion facilities closed again or halted abortions. Um, of the total 53 clinics that either opened or resumed abortions this year, 42, so that's 79% administer abortion-inducing drugs only, while 11, so that's 21% of the facilities, are surgical abortion facilities. The vast majority of surgical abortion facilities, actually 99%, also perform chemical abortions. A handful of hospital-based clinics were removed from the survey this year as these outrageously priced abortions are not typically the first or second stop for the average abortion vulnerable women. Online drug suppliers are also excluded from this, this survey. Um, however, uh, many in the movement are closely monitoring the virtual back alley dealers in a separate category. So again, that can be addressed off to the side. We're not talking about everyone who supplies dangerous mail order abortion causing drugs. So after these adjustments were made, after the survey was done, they noted a net decrease of 13 abortion facilities. So it went from about 683 in 2022 to 670 in 2023. Now, you may have heard us here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life talk about the number 777. We did a whole webcast around this. And we talked about the number of facilities in America that need to be covered by sidewalk advocates. Included in that for us was not just abortion facilities, but abortion referral centers, especially in the abortion-restricted states, because these are serving as gateways to the next nearest abortion facility in neighboring states, right? So that's why they're talking about 683 down to 670. They're not including abortion referral centers in this as well. So typically Planned Parenthood family planning facilities that refer for abortions. They don't do them within their walls, but they refer for them. Um, overall, there's been a 69%. Think about this just you know, the longevity of the pro-life movement, the victory that the pro-life movement has seen over the decades, there's been a 69% decrease since 1991 when there were 2,176 abortion facilities operating. So it's so true that the overturn of Roe v. Wade is undoubtedly save, saving lives. Here's a little bit more in the state-by-state state look at, at, at that. So 17 states showed a net loss of abortion facilities, including Indiana, which is now abortion free. And of course, we know that when abortion facilities close, babies are saved. We'll never know the number this side of heaven, 
but babies are saved. Simply because it's not accessible nearby, women think through their choices a little bit more. We have witnessed this firsthand here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And there's only 11 states that showed a net gain of abortion facilities. And as expected, many of those are in states that have recently enshrined abortion in the state constitution or become what some have even deemed an abortion sanctuary, right? So those include states like California, Massachusetts, Michigan, Kansas, and New Mexico. The most significant losses were in Indiana, a closure of seven, and surprisingly, New Jersey, six, and New York, nine. Of the nine losses in New York, eight of them were surgical facilities tracking with the overall decline in surgical abortions, uh, again, usually with independent providers. This is interesting, and this kind of wraps up the survey here, California has the highest concentration of abortion facilities nationwide. That probably doesn't surprise anybody. California is a large state. It's an abortion tourist state. They operate 162 facilities throughout the state. New York comes in second with 77. Again, I, I would contend that if New York were a bigger state, it would actually have a lot more abortion facilities than California, just with who it is and the state culture and all of that. But it doesn't surprise me that California and New York uh, are one and two at the very least. Here's something that may surprise a lot of you. Florida is number three with 50 facilities in the state. I am so proud to note that we here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life cover a, 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 the majority of the abortion facilities in Florida. Uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale alone, they, they used to have 25. They're now down to 24. I mean, if you think about it, um, ha about half the abortion facilities in Florida are in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, which to many people is seen as like a New York City of the Southeast, right? Just in culture and and all the things. So anyways, Nate, we got a really interesting survey here. Overall, we can, you know, look back and see the harvest. Uh, so many great seeds that were planted, so many pro-life advocates that came and watered those seeds. And we can see that the abortion rate uh, at this point in history is about half of what it used to be, that there's been a 69% decrease in abortion facilities. And yes, one abortion is way too many. We've still got work to do, obviously. We're watching these state-by-state -state battles very closely with these state ballot initiatives and the confusion that it's causing for voters and the education that's needed. But overall, we can look back and say, wow, look at the fruit of our labor, right? Um, that is encouraging overall. So coming off the heels of a loss in Ohio, I just we just wanted to give everybody that, that really good news, and we appreciate uh, the modern-day Operation Rescue here. A lot of people don't realize that the modern-day Operation Operation Rescue is not a direct descendant of the old Operation Rescue. Um, Operation Save America is actually the direct descendant of the old Operation Rescue. The modern-day Operation Rescue actually does things like this where uh, they study what's going on with abortion facilities and abortionists and uh, hold people accountable to the law, and they also do some great research. And so we really appreciate the survey that, that was done by them here recently. So, yeah, very interesting, Nate, right? Yeah, it, it is really interesting. And, you know, it, it is great to see the decline of abortion facilities, you know, as we're seeing, right? It's great to see. We, we are seeing positive things happen while we stay very aware that chemical abortion is definitely on the rise as the overall percentage grows of abortions. And as we know that women are traveling out of state to seek abortion in other states, but it is great information to see. And it's really important that we keep our 
our, uh, you know, our finger on the pulse of what is happening as these facilities are closing and as some are opening in more of the abortion unrestricted states. You know, it, it is really interesting to see. I do think that it is surprising to many people that Florida still has 50 operational facilities as yeah. of right now. And, um, you know, and that New York number, I know that that New York number is talking about New York State specifically, but I think when you look at New York City and how compact that area of New York City is with New Jersey, Connecticut, and some of the other states right there, that that number for the New York metropolitan area actually is about the same as the number in the entire state of New York when you, you know, when you add in those neighboring states. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Florida's a big state. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people who have pontificated about why Florida has so many abortion facilities. I think right now Florida allows abortion until 15 weeks. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And, we're still waiting on the state yeah. Supreme court decision. Right. Which hopefully will dial it back to six weeks, which DeSantis, Correct. the governor has taken a lot of heat for, of course, as many of you know, he is running for president. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens in Florida. Florida, the Florida panhandle is an abortion destination. Georgia is an abortion destination in that area as well. I know Georgia these days is very near and dear to my heart because a lot of people, when they saw states like Georgia passing a six-week ban, they thought, oh, it's it's no one's going to be at the abortion facility. It's practically gone, you know? And we've actually seen the opposite of how some of these states with a six-week ban, while it's absolutely saving a lot of lives, it set them up to be a little bit of an abortion destination if they're surrounded by pro-life states. Women are going there to see if they made the six-week cutoff. That's what we're seeing on the ground. So we, we, of course, continue to advocate for and encourage people to protect life at its earliest moments, which is conception, which is fertilization. Um, so we have hope that, you know, that line will continue to move. But Florida will be a really interesting state to watch. Um, we've really had it on our hearts to continue to move in Florida. We've got three staff members there now. And uh, I'm just proud of the fact, again, that we've got a presence at most facilities in the state of Florida. So thanks be to God. All right. Really, really interesting information. So we'll let you all digest that. Let us know if you have any questions in the coming days. Uh, and now it is time for a victory story, right? Victory story yes, time. It is. Yeah. And it's always such a great time for us to bring to you a victory story about what is happening across the nation. So the victory story today is one that I, I feel is very significant. Recently, one of our sites in the Southeast has seen a dramatic increase in abortion supporting escorts outside of the facility who have really been making it more challenging to be able to interact with women and men as they come to the facility. And there's been a lot of tension there. It, it's, it's added a lot of additional stress, right? It, it's added a lot of need for us to continue to be as strategic as possible and refine our methods as we're reaching out to men and women at this particular site. And just this past Wednesday, that, that, um, that location, that abortion facility and the pregnancy center that's next door was able to see a, a baby saved that was in partnership with the mobile clinic that comes and, and serves outside of that facility with our sidewalk advocates. And this was such a dramatic moment because there has been so much additional tension there. There's been a lot of um, opportunity for um, 
you know, some of the conflicts that sometimes happen when abortion supporters want to be boisterous and want to, you know, really be trying to limit um, information that women are getting. And this site has also seen the police there several times over the last couple of months. And so for this dramatic save to happen just this week in the face of all of that shows how important it is for us to continue saying yes and for us to continue to be present and for us to continue to be strategizing on how to become more effective as we reach out to men and women. When this happened on Wednesday morning, it was the first young lady who showed up that day. And they were able to speak with her as she drove up and were able to encourage her to, to visit the, the mobile clinic to find out more about her pregnancy before making a life-changing decision about that pregnancy and potentially going into the abortion facility. When she came to the mobile clinic, she was able to get the full healthcare information that she rightly deserves. And upon receiving that information and the care that the mobile clinic staff provided her and all of that great information, she chose life for her pregnancy, for her child, and, was, and is continuing to be served by that site. So I just want to encourage you today with this victory story that even in the face of increased opposition, when it comes to your sidewalk outside of an abortion facility, you are still able to be effective. So we want to encourage you to continue to stay out there, continue to be working with your team, continuing to be reaching out to us here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life National so that we can help you to strategize and make sure that you're being just as effective as possible. So another great victory story from the Southeast. Beautiful. I love it. This site has put up with so much. They've been persevering for so long. And then all of a sudden, just recently, this swarm of abortion center escorts showed up because they were being so effective, right? And so every victory at this site is particularly sweet. Uh, one thing I want to clarify, I know, Nate, you had brought up that sometimes the police have shown up at this site, right? And I think you all know this about Sidewalk Advocates for Life. We all take a pledge to be peaceful, prayerful, loving, and law-abiding. So if the police show up, it's not because the Sidewalk Advocates aren't doing what That's they're right. supposed to be doing. It's because the other side is so mad, they don't know what to do when peaceful, well-trained Sidewalk Advocates show up and get organized and start stealing their business, right? Of course, to us, it's so much more than business. <laughs> it's people and souls and, and life, but... Um, they will do anything they can to reach for some sort of authority to try to throw us off our game. And so the police will come out. And of course, they end up understanding that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing, that we are following the law and we're being effective. And so really, it's tough cookies. Sorry, abortion industry. Sorry, abortion facility. That's usually what happens. Um, so anyways, this side is put up with a lot. Police being called, difficult abortion center escorts. Uh, we... We, we needed to share another story from this site. It was so precious that they had this beautiful victory the other day. So exciting. Thanks, Nate. All right. I have the tip for the week, and I am going to talk about what to do when there's another group on the sidewalk who is being a little bit difficult. So sometimes you get out to an abortion or abortion referral facility, and you got somebody on a bullhorn who is yelling people's heads off. Uh, my favorite was being in front of the Louisville, Kentucky abortion facility and a street preacher would yell at the women going in and tell, tell them that they have fornicated in the sight of God. I, nobody stood up in the waiting room and came out and said, 
oh, you're right. I now I'm not going to have an abortion. Uh, sorry, forgive the sarcasm this morning. But we encounter people sometimes that are doing things on the sidewalk. They're just counterproductive, that are not winning life-saving conversations, that are not attracting women in crisis into conversation, right? Um, some of these folks get out there and they lose their focus and they're trying to convert people on the sidewalk to their denomination or whatever it may be. We have seen it all. I've seen it all in what is it now? Almost 23 years of about 23 years of being out on the sidewalk. Um, what is so important is that we stay focused on our mission. The mission is the women who are getting ready to walk in there and take the lives of their children because they're so in crisis, they can't see a way out of that crisis. We have an opportunity to stand in the gap and be the hands and feet of Jesus to them and speak peace and hope into their circumstances. That's our focus. And then I'd say right after that is the abortion workers, right? And so it becomes necessary that when people are doing things that are counterproductive, that we've got to distinguish ourselves on the sidewalk from those folks. And so a lot of this advice actually comes from our friend, former Planned Parenthood director, Abby Johnson, who says that we really need to distinguish ourselves visually, verbally, and physically. So first, let me start with physically. As much as we can, we want to stand apart from those folks on the sidewalk who are doing those things so we don't get misassociated with them. This can be challenging when you have a site that has a smaller public right of way, but you know, go ahead and do your best. I wouldn't stand right next to them. And I'd even watch that you're not gabbing with them that morning because when people look out from the abortion facility, they look out that window, they're going to be like, oh, they're friends, they're buddies, they're, they're talking, they're hanging out. They just exchanged hot chocolate. Right. So it's really something to think about. You know, we're not ugly to those, those folks on the sidewalk who are doing this and fact, we hope to win them over and maybe we're praying for them, but we at least don't want to look like we're working in conjunction with them. Uh, another way that this can help is to distinguish ourselves visually so we can wear something different from everyone else on the sidewalk. Those who are with our group that morning might wear the same safety reflector vest, the same color, the same color t-shirt, right? Uh, maybe a nice professional t-shirt or polo or whatnot. And then when you make contact with a woman, this is where the verbal distinguishing comes in. You can say things like, hi there, I'm Lauren. I'm with the group in light blue. We're not with the other group that's yelling this morning. Sorry, you had to deal with that. I want to let you know we've got free pregnancy tests, free sonogram, free options counseling, right? So you kind of quickly distinguish yourself and then you go into your spiel. You go into your offer of help, uh, all of the help that's, that's at the Pregnancy Resource Center nearby. So those may be just some really good things to keep in mind as you look to distinguish yourself on the sidewalk. Sure, here and there, it's very natural for you to have a quick conversation with those folks. Maybe if the morning has slowed down, you know, you can talk to them about why they take the approach they, that they do. I've often found that when it comes to winning over another group to what you're doing, your peaceful, prayerful, loving, law-abiding methods, it's usually good to invite them away from the sidewalk, you know, have a cup of coffee with you right away from the natural tension of the sidewalk because emotional temperature goes up and sometimes people aren't thinking as reasonably. Another thing you can do is you can walk back to their car with them. You know, if your shift is over and, you know, Bob, the street preacher is walking to his car, maybe you say, Hey Bob, let me walk with you this morning. Right. And you can go ahead and engage him in a little bit of conversation. Maybe you invite him to a sidewalk advocates for life training. And then when they watch the training, Lauren is the bad guy talking about why we take the approach that we do and why it's so important. We've got to be loving and winsome, even to win these conversations, to win trust and to win someone from, from the, the grips of the abortion industry. So anyways, I hope that's helpful to you this morning. Uh, distinguish yourself verbally, visually, and physically. There you go, Nate.
Yeah, it's such a good tip and it's so important. You know, I, I think even in our show today, we've mentioned Louisville, Kentucky. I kind of got started in Louisville on the sidewalk. And and there were times where we had to be really careful about the other groups who were there and, and trying to really show that we we weren't the same, not because we don't love them, but because our method is just so different. So I, I just love that tip. It's such a great tip about how we make sure that we are working, you know, to do the mission that we've been called to. Even yeah. in you know an op, in a in a, a setting where we may have other people there who may be doing things differently than we would prefer. Yeah, so, absolutely. Tip. No, absolutely. All right. Well, as you may know, next we usually do a special interview. Uh, but now and then we are the special interview. We do an Ask Us <laughs> Anything segment. So that's what we're going to do this week. We're going to do an Ask Lauren and Nate anything well not anything but anything so if you have a question for us personally <laughs> Nate's already laughing at me if you have a question for us personally or you have a question about sidewalk advocacy we'd love to spend a few minutes answering your question so here's the fun part Nate gets to pick the question that I answer and I get to pick the question that he answers uh if we have time maybe we'll do two each That's but we'll always just need to the be a scary part I don't, I don't know why you think this is scary. People like getting to know you, Nate, and you are a good talker and you're going to do fine. Can, can so, we get some support for Nate in the comments? Yeah. Like, so, so some comment, Nate, we, we need like, some questions in the comments so that we can go ahead and ask each other questions That's that right. hopefully aren't too crazy. <laughs> Every, everyone's so like quiet this morning. Normally we've got a slew of, uh, a slew of comments and questions. I think, uh, we're all coming off of the Thanksgiving holiday here. So, uh, maybe we'll give it a minute, but okay. <laughs> Susan's already like, I love this segment. Good. Susan, we need a question, sister friend. Okay. So Nate, um, why don't you here in a second, pick out the first question, or I know that you also got some questions from our audience previously that you can ask me. Ooh, Linda's got a question. So you can pick Linda's that one out. Question. So okay. we're going to go ahead and, and jump right in with Linda's question as the first question to Lauren. So what are your 2024 goals, Lauren? Uh, if I had the means, I will cover every uncovered abortion and abortion referral facility in America. We just need the funding. Right. <laughs> but aside from, that, aside from that, um, you know, I, uh, I have, I travel a lot and I have found that some of my personal good habits have kind of waned just a little bit. I'm one of those people that I actually walk almost every evening, at least an hour with my puppy dogs, um, Porter Dunkle Barley. And I need to, I I've been doing that, but it's been a little bit more sporadic as, Work has gotten busier here at the end of the year, and we are preparing for a big 2024. I've even taken some of my work in the evenings, and we've got a really good work-life balance here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life, but I'm, I'm working really hard to kind of make sure that those personal habits stay in place. So personally, I want to make sure that I'm eating what I'm supposed to be eating, I'm exercising what I'm, when I'm supposed to be exercising, and things like this, right? And then also just making sure that, that you know, I... I watch some of my close friendships and that they're fostered and everything. Cause sometimes when you're on the road and you're a busy CEO, those things can fall by the wayside. So 
kind of a mix of personal and professional. Uh, I am really excited about building our team next year. I think that we are teed up to scale in a really huge way here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life to take on bigger groups of abortion facilities. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how God provides in that way and how he sees fit to help us to grow. There you go. Um, Nate, I'm going to throw you a softball and ask you the same question. What are your 2024 goals, Nate? See, these. Oh, these, no. Now you. <laughs> that wasn't a softball, was it? Well, okay. Um, okay. What would you like to see on the national team first, even if you don't do the personal side of it? What would you like to see in Sidewalk Advocates for Life in 2024? Yeah, so for Sidewalk Advocates for Life, as you guys know um, in our audience, you know that we've really been working on expanding, right? Lauren just talked about covering every uncovered abortion and abortion referral facility. So one of my main you know, goals that we've been seeing great fruit on and we're going to continue working on is our connection with pregnancy resource centers in every community across America so that we can continue to show what great partnership we can have when we have well-trained sidewalk advocates and we work with that pregnancy center. So that's one of mine is our continued increasing relationships with PRCs. So if you're watching this morning and you're with one of those great PRCs, we'd love to connect even more than we already are. Um, also just our continued expansion as God provides the funding of our Metro coordinators. Some of you may know that we just recently hired a Metro coordinator in the LA, California area and in the Denver, Colorado area. And so I would really love to see us continue to grow that so that we can have a full-time employee of Sidewalk Advocates for Life to help with the volunteer efforts in a metropolitan area that has 10 or more abortion facilities. So that's a really big goal for us as well. So a personal goal. Okay, I can do this. I don't like doing this on the fly. And that's what I was telling Lauren earlier. But a personal goal for 2024 um, man, I just get so stuck on these. A personal goal for me, I guess, would be, you know, just to to really be focusing on how do I continue to develop personally as a person who is a great leader, as a person who mm. continues to be, um, you know, the, a husband and a father that really excels. Um, I think sometimes we all get a little bogged down in just the day to day. And we don't mm -hmm. take time to step back and go, what can I do better? How can I you know, serve my family better? How can I serve those who work with me better? So that, that there you go. There's a personal goal for the year. That's good, Nate. See, look at, look at you. You're just way too hard on yourself. That was a great answer. Nice job. Okay. okay you get to ask me a question and then I get to ask you one more yeah. and we get to wrap this up um, before your nerves get fried. So. so great. So I have a question from Jeremy Lamont. Um, I'm going to use this one first. So Lauren, has there been much change mm. in the abortion destination landscape this year? Are mm. we um, are we are we in gridlock or are the lines still moving? I think it's a this really is good a, question. This is a great question. I saw that in the comments and I already started thinking about it just in case you threw this to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you, Nate, but I feel like and, and we knew that this would happen. But at some point. We knew that this would happen. I feel like the landscape is actually starting to settle a little bit and we're starting to see where the pro-life, pro-abortion states are and the work that needs to be done. 
The thing that concerns me greatly is the state ballot initiatives, because I think they're so deceptive in the way that they're worded and people don't understand always what they're voting for. I know that there's a few states that they're trying to put on the ballot for 2024 when it comes to abortion. And I'm concerned about what has happened in Ohio and Kansas and Michigan. And that's turning some of these states into abortion destinations. And so I think we need to be having a conversation yesterday about how we can win those those state ballot initiatives, right? So, and that goes directly to, to Jeremy's first question, you know, has there been much change in the abortion destination landscape? It's, it's turning these states into abortion destinations. Um, well, I mean, just it, piggyback. Yeah. well, I was just going to say, real, oh, the other thing yeah. is that if it's surrounded by pro-life states too, that will also affect, you know, whether it, it is rightly termed an abortion kind of destination. Anyways, I'm sorry, Nate, go ahead. No, sorry, I didn't mean to jump hmm. as sometimes the connection does that. Um, yep. So I just saw a report this week that there is actually a group here in Florida who believes that they have the support to pass mm. the um, abortion, you know, the, the late term abortion um, amendment to the state constitution here in Florida, if it makes it to the ballot. They yeah. they they cited some research saying that that over 60 percent of people in Florida do support access to abortion. And so it is concerning that these ballot initiatives are potentially turning states into abortion destinations. Yeah. Um, what scares me is that people are willing to trade some and a lot of a lot of Americans, they they don't want abortion. Actually, the vast majority of Americans don't want abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. They just want it through That's a certain right. point. And yes, we need to do more education. We need to win people over on, you know, life in its earliest moments. Right. But they're willing to trade abortion up until six weeks or the first trimester for abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. Like if they were actually given a choice on the ballot, they would vote for the former and not the latter, but they're voting for the latter because they're worried they won't have the former, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so that's a scary trade. And that's something that we're going to have to continue to, to, to work out. All right. Last question here. Great question, Jeremy. Thank you for that. Um, hmm, Nate. Hmm. Um, what do you see in the most successful outreach recruitment efforts when building and adding to an SAFL chapter? Maybe give like your top tip or two for building your team. What would you yeah. say to that? Yeah, it's great. It's a question that we've really been talking about with some of our, our locations here recently. You know, I think the, the number one thing that you really have to do in building your team and in your recruitment is you need to be making sure that you are establishing the strongest relationship you can have with your pregnancy resource centers locally. If, if they have had some negative experiences with those on the sidewalk, you know, go back to them, explain what our approach is, explain how, how we do our training to make sure that it is a really professional handoff to their pregnancy center so that we can, you know, eliminate any concern that they have about working with us. Because if you can establish that relationship really strong, with your local pregnancy center, or maybe a couple of those, they can be a really helpful piece in getting some additional volunteers. Not necessarily that you're going to reap from their volunteers or their staff, 
but they may have people that they are connected to who are who they become more comfortable with referring you to to talk to about those greater um, recruitment efforts. The next thing you really need to do is you need to research the churches in your area and, and find out churches who are open to a pro-life message and not just a pro-life message, but pro-life activism. You know, typically the way that this works is if you are reaching out to the Catholic community, um, most of the time it is mo more successful to go to the diocese or to the archdiocese and work with their department that is doing life issues. I know that they call them different mm -hmm. things in some of the different dioceses, but doing that um, is a very effective many times in the Catholic church. With non-Catholic churches, many times the most effective way to gain access to a church and to begin recruiting out of that church is to find somebody who goes to that church who is able to then take the message of Sidewalk Advocates for Life into their leadership and begin to work on that relationship so that you can build that, that connection. The other thing I would say is I'd really encourage um, all of our local folks to be working with Students for Life chapters in their community to see yeah. how you can interact with them and how the students or people connected to those students could also become um, sidewalk advocates in your local team. So there's mm -hmm. three different ways. Look at that. Great ideas. Thank you so much for sharing, Nate. Um, prayer request just actually came in here in the comments. Trisha says, pray for us in New Jersey. A new Planned Parenthood is about to open any day. The sign on the building just went up a couple days ago. Oh, that's tough. Um, Trisha, it's actually interesting that the in the survey that we read earlier in the show, uh, the survey that was done by Operation Rescue, they mentioned that, thanks be to God, there's been a net decrease of abortion facilities in New Jersey, but still... Anytime one goes up, it's, it is heart wrenching. I know just before Roe was overturned, I literally had an abortion facility go up in my very Northern suburb here of Dallas. It was a chemical abortion facility, but still I was just grieved. Like, what is this doing here in my suburb? Right. Um, so th hang in there. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And thank you for your witness. Really appreciate that. We will be in prayer for you. All right, I think it's time to close things out with a devotional and some prayer, huh? Sounds good. Well, today I wanted to bring to you Exodus chapter 15, verse 2, which says, The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. You know, it's so important that we take a moment and remember that the Lord is our strength, that we can trust in him. And that we we know that he is where our salvation comes from, that we that we should be praising him and we should be acknowledging all of the great things that he has done. Even if God never did anything else for us, you know, from this point forward in our life, he has done so much that we must praise him for and that he is worthy to hear us remind him of the great things that he has done and of his greatness. You know, we know that God is a good God and he always wants to give good gifts to his children, but we must praise him and we must trust him for who he is, for his very nature, for how he has moved in our lives individually, personally, in our families, and how he has moved in, in other ways that we have seen through the scriptures and through history. So this morning, I just want to encourage you with Exodus chapter 15, verse 2. If you have time, go ahead and read all of Exodus 15. Exodus is a great book. If you have the, you know, more um, time to read the entire book, just really looking at the people of God as they came 
through their time in Egypt and out of Egypt. So I want to just encourage you again that we must be people who continue to remember that the Lord is our strength, that he is where our salvation comes from, that we can we can put our full trust in him and that we should be honoring him and ascribing to him, you know, how worthy he is for all the great things that he has done. And so with that, if you would pray with me as we get ready to close out the show. Dear Lord, thank you so much again for this time together. Thank you for this great show that we've had today. God, I pray that you would continue to encourage those across the country who are working to continue to provide resources to moms and dads in need, to continue to be a witness for um, just the options that are available and to dispel the myths and the lies of the abortion industry that abortion is the best option for women who find themselves in challenging situations. God, I pray that you would continue to open hearts and minds even today, that you would continue to really just give us great wisdom um, as sidewalk advocates continue to do the work that you've called them to. God, I pray that you would continue to work throughout all of the pregnancy help organizations that are each and every day working to eliminate obstacles that women find as um, challenges to continue their pregnancy. God, we're so grateful for all of the miracles we have seen. We're so grateful for the 55 abortion facilities that have shut down where there's been a Sidewalk Advocates for Life presence, the nearly 22 babies saved and mothers served that we know of, and the almost 90 abortion workers that we know of that have left the abortion industry and been connected with Anna Miller Nunn. Thank you for all the great things that you have done. We're just so grateful to be called by you. We will continue to say yes to you as you continue to show us what to do next. We'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nate. What a great show. Um, this has great been a show. lot of fun. And you were a stellar interview, Nate. So thank you. <laughs> but, all right. Everyone, thank you for joining us for another episode of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate. We will be here same time, same bat channel next Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, Facebook Live or YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful and blessed week. See you next week, everybody. Bye. See you later.